0: Well, good morning, everybody. This is the Friday morning leaders call. Big shout out and thank you to those of you who are joining us live. I so appreciate it. I know it is not easy, especially on a Friday morning. Um, I, I know of three people I see on the dashboard. I know you're driving to work, and I just, just thank you. Thank you. I, I hope this uh, gives you the appropriate amount of inspiration that I know um, you'll want and need for your day, okay? All right. so today we are talking about servant leadership so servant leadership is a whole different level of leadership so if you think about the leader's journey typically what happens when you become a leader so you're you're in a position you have a a title of sorts um, you have this kind of honeymoon period right so so you're um you're getting to know your people they're getting to know you you have uh instant credibility About six months, and then if you don't do something to show your team that you're a leader, you begin to lose that credibility, right? And great leaders understand the value of building relationships. So, I'm not talking about being the best friend with all of your staff members, however, I am talking about do you know your people, do you know their strengths, do you know their weaknesses, do you know their passions, do you know their dreams. Where do they want to go in this job and beyond, right? And then what what you need to do as a leader is really focus on production. So getting stuff done, right? So uh, it's not good enough for you alone as the leader to get stuff done, right? You also need to work with your team to get stuff done. So some of the biggest hurdles uh, at this level are really the idea of delegation, right that's a big one um many people have a hate hate relationship with delegation right but once you realize the power of delegation not only for you as the leader to be able to do more but your ability to raise up your team then you go into this next level which is this empowerment leadership which is really the ability to um not only get stuff done but to empower your people to get stuff done Okay. And you do that long enough. And what happens is you rise to the highest levels of leadership, which I'm going to use a term that I probably have never used before, but I'm really, it's coming into my awareness a little bit more. Um, I'm going to consider this level conscious leadership. So you are awake, aware, alert the majority of the time when you are leading. And when you get to this point, the people that you are leading are also leading others well, okay? So it takes a long time in a leader's journey to be able to get to this point. However, one thing I have learned, not only from my mentors, but from my own personal experience, and also working with many um, C-level, so corporate level, Uh, executives is that the quicker you can get to the ideas that we're going to talk about today of servant leadership, the quicker you can rise through these levels. So, if you think about, um, actually, anybody in the audience, have you ever gone um, target shooting or maybe uh, to archery classes? So, what they teach you there, um, now, typically what we think of especially if you've never been to one of these classes is um what do you want to do right so so let's imagine that you're you have a bow and an arrow and you have a target well what what's your goal what's your intended purpose well yeah it's to hit the bullseye right Research has actually showed, which I find it fascinating and a little bit hilarious that there's actually a field of research in this, but um, go with me here. So research has actually proved that when you focus on the bullseye, what happens is you kind of get a little bit freaked out, right? So think about that. Like that's your your big goal. That's your desire. And the more you focus on it, and let's say you try the first time and you, you miss, well, how do you feel after that? Well, you you might have a little bit of rising anxiety, right, because you're so attached to making sure that you want to hit your goal that over time, the more that you don't hit your goal, the more that you um, get a little freaked out. And so you have this negative energy flowing throughout your body, and it's keeping you from your goal. Now, that can be any goal. I mean, think about that in life. It doesn't have to be just that physical bow and arrow, but it can be any goal. You know, maybe, maybe you have a goal of um, becoming more fit, uh, healthy, maybe losing some weight, right? The more you focus and get attached to that goal, you know, let's say you need to lose 10 pounds, right? And the more you get attached to that goal and the more that often that you don't reach that goal, you might get the same level of anxiety, right? So ultimately, you're, you're not going to hit your goal. All right, so you say, okay, Michelle, so what's the point? Well, I mean, if you follow the research, the next thing, the next idea I'm going to share with you is gold. I promise you, okay? So what they teach you is that when you go to target shoot, you don't actually hit the bullseye or look for the bullseye. What you do is you imagine either a point or um, an item or object that's behind the bullseye. Okay, so let's imagine that you've got this target out there. Maybe it's on a a bale of hay, right? Um, And behind the bale of hay, maybe you imagine that there's a big teddy bear, right? And so when you are going to shoot, your focus is on the teddy bear. It's not on the bullseye. So you're imagining that you're going to hit that teddy bear. What do you think happens? Well, some of you probably already know this, that when you imagine the teddy bear, you actually hit the bullseye about 75 to 80% more often. Isn't that cool? So when you simply take your focus off of like, hey, this is what I have to do. I have to reach this goal, right? And you put it beyond that, then you're able to go after it and actually reach your goal. So, for example maybe you're you're looking to uh lose these 10 pounds right maybe instead of looking at at the scale what you could do is you could say you know what i'm going to monitor my energy levels you know what kind of food gives me high energy what kind of activity increases my energy um how much sleep at night do i need to have good energy and guess what's going to happen yeah you're going to be able to lose those 10 pounds okay So what I'm talking about today with servant leadership, servant leadership is the teddy bear beyond the bullseye, okay? You want to be a good leader, right? You want to be a great leader. You want to make sure that, you know, you have good relationships, you're getting stuff done, your people are getting stuff done, you're empowering them, right? I guarantee when you focus on serving your people, you are going to see all of those goals, okay? All right, so um, one thing, I just wanted to start with a Zig Ziglar comment. If you've never followed Zig Ziglar, I highly uh, suggest that you just Google um, and a bunch of his stuff will pop up. But one of the things that he says is if if you help people get what they want, they will help you get what you want. And there's another one that he, he often said that if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. So sometimes in leadership, we look at, okay, I've risen through the ranks and I'm a leader now. And so um, I've got all of these rights. Okay, so um, the rights meaning I've got, you know, maybe you're a, a um, C level, and you've got the company car, you've got the corner office, you've got, you know, all, all these stock options, you've got vacations, right? or maybe you're um, a school administrator and and your right is that you can leave at a certain time, you have more time off, um, you can leave for meetings, things like that, right? So typical leadership, many people like to rise the ranks so that they can get those rights. However, in servant leadership, what we're doing is we're focusing on other people, learning, growing and gaining And eventually we get what we want I'll give you a couple examples so I'm involved in a networking group we meet every Wednesday morning 7 a.m. and it's local businesses in my region so there's about 20 25 of us right now Um, and our sole intent and purpose is to pass referrals to each other so for example I've got a, a excellent lady on my team her name is Carla and she sells isogenics propers um, isogenics products so the health food energy um one product that they have is called sleep spray, oh my gosh, it's my favorite thing in the world it's got natural melatonin in it, and you are out in twenty minutes. so if you want that, let me know but anyway um the the point of me telling you this is that um when I help Carla find people in my realm that want her products, well, that helps her, that helps other people, right? Eventually that will help me because Carla is on the lookout for people that I can come and serve, right? So we have this symbiotic relationship where we are helping each other. What happens in typical leadership is that a leader um, demands much from their followers and so they're expecting the followers to help them but they often don't give that in return. So servant leadership is this idea that you're giving back to your people in return. And and, and I think maybe even goes one step beyond that where you're giving to your people before they give to you. Okay, so servant leadership is really based on serving others and not ourselves. Okay, so let's just think about that from your perspective. Think about all of the bosses that you have had in your life. Now, which ones were bad bosses? (laughs) The bosses that you never want to work for again. Were they focused on what they could get? Um, Did you feel like they cared for you? Did you feel like they trusted you? So I'm going to take a wild guess and just say probably none of those things were true okay um, now think about your really good bosses the ones that you're like oh man if I could work for you forever I would okay I bet I bet that they tried to help you in whatever way they could so encourage and empower you they probably probably showed you that they cared for you and they showed you that they trusted you right or at least you felt that way. Yeah, so they were probably practicing servant leadership. So um, there was an essay written by um, Robert Greenleaf, and this was way back in 1970. So I want to tell you that this is not a a new idea. I hope, I really hope that many of you who are listening, this is not the first time you've heard about servant leadership, okay? But in this essay, this is what uh, Robert Greenleaf wrote. He said, The servant leader is servant first. It begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve, to serve first. Then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. The care taken by the servant first leader is to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served. The best test and difficult to administer is, do those served grow as persons? do they while being served become healthier wiser freer more autonomous more likely themselves to become servants and what is the effect on the least privileged in society will they benefit or at least not be further deprived i love that so really Instead of looking at, you know what, these are our metrics, these are our goals, these are the things that we have to focus on. Now, please don't get me wrong. Those are important things. But instead of that being your overarching goal, you're looking at, okay, within our metrics, let's say these are the things that we need to do this year. These are the people on my team. How can I help them grow to be the best person they can be as we go towards meeting our metrics? Okay, so you're not ignoring one or and putting the other one over in importance. You're combining them together. Here's a great example. Um, I was doing a training last night, and um, actually it was a keynote presentation for like 15 minutes. But they wanted me to talk about this idea of adding value to people. And I kept coming back to this example from my childhood, my mom, uh, and maybe you've experienced this as well, but my mom, anytime we would go out into public especially, she or to somebody's, visit somebody's home, she would always say, now remember, you always leave a bathroom looking better than when you found it. And uh, of course, as are many things when your, chil- your, your parents tell you this when your children is that you remember those things throughout life, right? They're repeated and you remember them. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, I had I was in a, a lunch meeting, and I went to the restroom, and I, you know, of course, was was cleaning off the counter after after I washed my hands, and I was repeating in my head, and I caught myself saying, "Always leave your bathroom better than when you found it." Now, I, the immediate next thought is something I will never forget, and I thought, "How come we don't do that with people?" And I had to stop and think about that. You know, how come we don't lead people better than when we first found them? Isn't that a more important goal than your bathroom? and I think that that example is a the best example of the difference between quote normal you know leadership versus the servant leadership. whereas the normal leadership is focused on the you know the task at hand. We've got to make sure the bathroom's clean whereas the servant leadership is focused on the person does that make sense okay so i want to share with you um five daily practices that can help you become a better servant leader okay so for those of you who it's safe you may want to take some notes and those of you who are driving it's okay don't worry about it you can listen to the recording later um So our five daily practices here. The first one is um, don't rely on your position or title. Okay. So understand, be grateful for your accomplishments. I am not saying ignore that at all. Be grateful, but don't rely on them to help you lead. Okay, so don't come into your people and say, well, you know, I'm I'm a big shot and this is why, or I won this award, so now you need to listen to me. Or, hey, I'm your boss, do it because I told you to. Okay, that should ring tra- true for parent leadership, right? As a parent, we, we probably shouldn't say, I'm your mother and I told you to. Um, now, I will admit that I have done that on occasion. <laughs> and I never really feel good and I know that it's uh, out of pure stress and not really because I want to empower and engage my kids. So you want to work every day on building respect by delivering on what you promise. Okay. So um, I was just recently talking, actually, two coaching clients yesterday, this was an issue that we were talking through, that their bosses um, were very laxed on follow through. And it was really causing an issue for them because they had, you know, certain criteria that needed to be met in a time frame, And so they wanted to know, how do I handle this? How do I deal with this? And I mean, that's a whole other training. I'm not going to go into that piece today. However, I will say that on the flip side, this is what happens when you don't follow through on your promises, right? There are people who are trying to do their job. And Often what they're doing is they're trying to do their job so that you look good, right? So when you come in and you say, hey, you follow me because I'm the leader and I've got these awards and I'm your boss and I told you to, they're trying to do their work. And if you haven't come in and and helped serve and add value to them and help them in their process, at least by following through on your, your promises, well, then they can't get their job done, which means they can't help you look good. And ultimately, this relationship is going to break down. Okay, so the first daily habit is just following through on your promises. The second daily habit is to choose to believe in people and their potential. Okay, care about people because it's the right thing to do, right? Now, there's also practical reasons for believing in people, right? Because the more you believe in people and their potential, the more you serve them, the more their potential increases. Think about that. The more that you um, empower and, and lift up and encourage one of your employees or your staff members or team members, they grow into your expectations, right? And they add more to the team. So that's, it creates a win for everybody, Right. I, I was talking to another coaching client yesterday, she has a, a brand new job and um the owner of the business refuses to hire a manager and his reasoning is because he's he's cheap, he doesn't want to do that. However, because he's not putting the the money towards a manager who can help him, he is highly stressed, he's overwhelmed, and out of this place he tends to do a lot of yelling little bit of shaming right and so there are employees who basically are breaking down in the workplace as they're trying to serve customers um so it's really costing him money right and he doesn't kind of make this connection between um my actions spill out into others he doesn't encourage and lift up the potential of his employees so what do you think happens to the employees Yeah, they're leaving. And because they're leaving, he's spending more time and energy trying to hire new customers and train them, right? Now, he has limited time and energy, so an already overworked and overwhelmed person is going to get more overworked and overwhelmed. You see the slippery slope here? Yeah. So if he were to step back and say, you know what, first of all, let me hire a manager who can help me do some of these task things he would have more time and energy freed up so he could look at how he could encourage and support and engage his employees, which means he would have better customer service increasing his his pay, right, that would actually cover and pay for the manager. Um, it would also give him more, more free time that he's not so overwhelmed. Um, and he would keep his employees so that he doesn't have to spend that time and energy on them. So. You know, believing in people's potential is not only, you know, the nice thing to do, it's imperative when you're trying to run a business. Another daily habit is try to see things from another person's perspective. Okay. Try to understand their minds and hearts. Try to intentionally connect with them and see from their point of view. Okay? This is going to take a little bit of you know, stepping back from your own opinion, um, your own way of doing things, your, your attachments to certain ideas and processes, right? So, having an open mind. So, instead of just assuming that you know why Sally is doing this one thing, you could step back and, and ask questions. Try to come from a place of understanding. Okay? Another one is to work on creating an environment of encouragement. So think about this. I mean, few things are better than being on a team of people who really desire to serve one another. Have you ever been on a team like that? When leaders are willing to serve people and encourage others to serve, a spirit of cooperation emerges where it's kind of, you know, one for all and all for one. So. Eventually, your environment becomes very positive, and what develops is the sense of loyalty and commitment, and we are family, right? So when you're talking about growing your business, um, increasing sales, um, doing whatever it takes to get to the next level, you need this spirit of loyalty, commitment, and desire to serve each other on your team. When you create an environment of encouragement, beginning with you encouraging your staff and acknowledging when your staff encourage other staff, you set the tone, the culture for your team. This is who we are and this is what we do. Okay. And then the fifth daily habit to be a better servant leader is to measure your success by how much you add value to other people. Okay, because remember, just like Zig Ziglar said, the more that you help other people get what you want, the more that you will get what you want. When you serve other people as a leader, the team's success becomes your success. Now, listen, if you don't believe that, let's think about this in the sports world. Let's say you have a, um, a, a losing baseball team. What do you think happens to the manager? Yeah, they, they get fired, right? Because people look on the leader and, and say the results of the team are based on the leader. Now, that may or may not be true, but in the end, it's true, right? So when your team succeeds, you succeed. There is no success for you if your team fails. Okay, so one is too small a number to achieve greatness. I love that. You've got to be working with other people. Okay, so you're, you're trying to find ways that your team can win together. So this means when, um, when your team hits a, a metric or a target or a goal that you've been um, working towards, the whole team celebrates even if it was only one or two people that were working towards that you want to include everybody okay because that builds the spirit up all right so those are the five daily habits that are going to help you become more of a servant leader so as you're going about your week this week one thing that i would highly recommend that you do um, is go through and for each one of those five do a simple check-in So you're going to do 1 to ten, um, one being low, 10 being high. If you had to rate yourself on how effective you are in each one of those five, what would your number be? Okay, so you may want to do this just once. You may want to do this every day. Totally up to you, but at least do it once. And then ask yourself the question, what can I do to make that number go higher? Okay, maybe you rate yourself as a four on the, you know, getting my team to encourage each other, right? And you could say, you know, what's going to help that number go higher? Well, something is going to come to you when you ask that question. Whatever answer comes to you, write it down and put it into action. Okay, now I can't tell you what's going to come to you when you ask that question. I don't know because everybody's situation is different. OK, but honor and respect that when the answer comes to you, it is your answer and begin to immediately put it into effect. OK. All right. So next week, we are going to talk about self-discipline. Ooh, I can hear you now already. Hmm, Michelle, I think I'm going on vacation next week. Hmm, I don't want to be on this call. I don't want to listen to this one. Nobody really wants to talk about discipline, right? However, it's the price tag that gets you to high quality conscious leadership. Okay, so we're going to talk about habits of highly successful leaders. So what are some of the things that I have seen um, that some of my mentors have seen from very highly successful leaders and how can you kind of pick those um, and put them into place for yourself? Okay. I promise you, I'm not going to tell you all the things that you have to do, you should do, you're not doing. Please come back on the line because I I promise you it's going to be good stuff. Okay. All right. So I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential. Powerfully productive. And empowering and engaging the people you serve. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week. Make sure you get out and and take some time to um, enjoy nature in some way. Um, Take some time for yourself for a little bit of rest, a little bit of fun. Um, Some of you, I know you don't do that nearly as enough enough, and I don't either. And so I'm myself first today. I, uh, right after this, I'm actually going for a walk all by myself and I'm really looking forward to it. So With that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper, and we'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.